Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Argus podcast. My name's Christian Fuller, and this week, it's the one you've all been waiting for. We are joined by world-renowned DJ and Brighton and Hove resident, Fatboy Slim. Let's get straight into it. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on. It's always a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Before we jump into your upcoming shows and your career and everything, you are arguably the most iconic and recognisable face when people think of Brighton and Hove. How does that feel? Um, I, I would, I'm, I might argue with that. Um, no, it feels lovely. I mean, I Brighton's been my home for the for the greatest part of my life, and um, there is a kind of a relationship between me and the city where I love the city and the city seems to love me and I'm very thankful and very happy about that and it and it's, yeah it's a, it's a lovely relationship I think people here just sort of treat me as as one of their own rather than I don't I don't feel like I'm a celebrity I just feel like everybody knows me and says hello so but it's great I mean I'm very I'm very proud of the city and I kind of spend half my life promoting it to around the world so it's nice to uh, it's yeah it's like it's a reciprocal two-way love affair 20 years ago, you performed a historic show on Brighton Beach and you're set to celebrate that anniversary with not one, but two shows on the beach this July as part of the On the Beach Festival. Just how excited are you for that? Very, I'm really excited. I mean, it's uh, it's taken 20 years. to we, we did, We've done various things on Madeira Drive and at the Amex, but this is the, my first time in 20 years to be back on the pebbles and, and it feels beautiful. It feels kind of fitting that it's the 20-year anniversary. I mean, I'm, I really want to thank the council and the police for for letting us do this and also the On The Beach crew for inviting me. But yeah, I mean, it's it's very, very close to my heart uh, in, in terms, like we were saying about my relationship with the city. This is the biggest sort of celebration of my relationship with the city. And they are always the, the proudest gigs of mine to, to, to be able to do that. And yeah, so thoroughly looking forward to it. Yeah, just, just excitement, really. I think I'm right in thinking that Big Beach Boutique 2 doubled Brighton's population for the day. I know on the beach is a ticketed event, but you must be expecting quite a turnout for this one. Well, um, no, I mean, I don't think many people will come if they haven't got a ticket. Like I said, it is fenced in, so it's not like, I mean, the, the problem with the, with the free shows was that we had no way of controlling the numbers. So hopefully this will be a, a much more controllable and safe affair and, and less mess. Uh, I mean, one thing I'm really um, aware of is, is, is like not damaging the beach. You know, this is the, you know, the, the beach that we all love and use. So um, yeah, I mean, you know, in terms of not having glass on the beach and stuff like that, but no, I don't think it's not going to take over the city and paralyze it and, empty every off license and fill every toilet like we did 20 years ago and both shows sold out both events sold out pretty much instantly which just shows the excitement but what made you want to do it all over again well i'll be honest i would do it every every year if i was allowed but it's working out a way of doing so like i said it's just you know it's a celebration of my relationship with this city so you know if if i was allowed i would do it for free every year just to just to reiterate my relationship with the city but obviously we do have to charge and we do have to fence it in to make it safe but it's uh, no it, I, I think i think it's just an, an important celebration of 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 everything we love i mean also i mean brighton you know we we're, we're famous for inviting people to come down and 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 you, you know we're a service city uh, so uh, it's nice to invite people to come down and and see the city and and uh, what we have to offer and it, yeah, it's just a celebration of that. I would, I would do it every year if, if it was appropriate. 
And what can people expect from the shows? Are there going to be special guest appearances and so on? Uh, yeah, we've got a, we've got. I can't tell you the lineup yet, but we've got a, a lovely lineup. It's a show on the beach. We'll put as many bells and whistles as the weather and safety allows us uh, into to making it a good production. Um, I'm toying with the idea that I might revisit some of the classic tunes from 20 years ago that still sound good. Uh, so there'll be, yeah, slightly, possibly more, more nostalgic and Brighton centric than many of my shows. Fantastic. Are you in Brighton now? I know you've been all over Europe and maybe pouring in America soon as well, but are you, are you back in Brighton at the moment? I'm here this week. Yes. Yeah. How have your shows recently been? I don't know, everyone who follows you on social media will see you popping up all over the place, but. Uh, it's been, I mean, since we came back from the pandemic, there's an extra level of excitement and celebration. Uh, if you think that, that what, you know, the, my kind of shows do is is a kind of communal celebration and escapism and hedonism and we kind of it's something that we need more than ever after what we went through with the pandemic so there's a, a noticeable notch up in the excitement at the shows and we did the arena tour in november and two shows at the center and just yeah it just becomes more emotional and more celebrational and so yeah i mean i just continue i've just got back from columbia and miami yeah it's uh, it, it, it's it's great to be back and and as of as of kind of this year most of the shows that i'm booked i actually do like last year i did quite a lot of shows but we, we were kind of it was like treading through a minefield of uh what we lost a lot of shows so it's good to be back at work fully i and and having to have 18 months off kind of made me appreciate just how much i love my job and how lucky i am to do it and i don't take that for granted um so you know and not being able to do it for 18 months realize just what a part of my heart it is jumping back to the start you were born and raised in and around kent and surrey i believe how early did you begin DJing and were there ever any other musical options for you? Yeah, well, I, I I was obsessed with pop music from about the age of eight, and if you know, I just told everyone that I wanted to do. But in those days, uh, being a pop star was the career, and being a DJ was the hobby. So I DJed from the age of fifteen, and um, but in those days, it was just a hobby. You know, it was just if you had all the records, you got invited to the parties. So I and then I started my DJing career in Brighton. There's a place called the Brighton Bell on Tuesday nights where I did a residency for for ages. And so while I was at college, I, I, I DJed extensively around Brighton. I thought to make a career in music business, I had to be in a band. So I was in a band called the House Martins. And gradually over the years, over my long and checkered career, I've worked out that more people want to see me DJ than play in a band. And I'm arguably a better DJ than I am a bass player. So it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of this end of my career, I sort of realised my strengths and, and and DJing full time. But no, I mean, I was in, I, I just, I've just always been in love with music and always wanted to do whatever I was best at in that career. And very, again, very, I don't take it for granted that I've been able to have such a long career. I, I you know, I, I would be lucky to have one career and I've seemed to have had about three or four and I'm very thankful and uh, very, uh, yeah, I don't take that for granted. Am I right in thinking you once played violin with the now leader of the opposition, Keir Starmer? Yeah, we were we were in the same class together at school for five years. I don't actually remember the violin lessons with him, but um, they're pro- there's the sort of thing 
the screeching noise is probably something you want to block out of your brain. But yeah, no, I was, I was in the class with Keir for five years and very bizarre. <laughs> it was, he, he remembered the violin playing incident more than I did, but I, but. <laughs> you mentioned that you've been down at Brighton now for a long time, obviously. What initially did bring you down here? Initially, it was my sister. I was living in Red Hill, which is not far up the road. And my sister came to college here and I started coming down at weekends and hanging out with her and I fell in love with the place. So when it became time for me to go to college, I came down here in 1982, I think it was, and went to Brighton Polytechnic, as it was, which is now Brighton University. And I've been here ever since. Like we said, you've adopted the city as as your own, basically. And from fans' point of view, you're probably the most recognisable person when you think of Brighton. But you also have the Big Beach Cafe here. Am I right in thinking you had quite a hands-on approach down there during COVID? Yeah, during the, the first few months of lockdown, I kind of had I had four kids to look after, and it was a lovely summer, and it wasn't all bad. But in the, in September of 2020, uh, my my son went off to university. My daughter was back in school and I wasn't back at work and the walls were beginning to close in. And I've, I've, I've owned the Big Beach Cafe for seven years, but never really got hands on in it. And I just I just started working in there and it was great. It kind of it kept my sanity uh, in, 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 you know, in, in enforced time of, of being off work and not being able to do the job I loved. And, and also just that feeling of kind of isolation and loneliness and whatever. So I started working in the cafe and I worked there for seven months full time and it was brilliant. It was really, uh, it got me out of the house. It got me seeing people and because we were doing takeaway through a little hatch, we were allowed, we could stay open during that third lockdown. And and we became the sort of focal point for for whatever sense of community we still had in, in, in those awful days of, of lockdown because the only thing people were allowed to do was go out for a walk and we were like the coffee at the end of that walk. So yeah, it, it kept my sanity, but also it just, it just, it's, it's a, a lovely community cafe and it was lovely to feel a proper part of that community. I feel like every Brightonian has probably pre-lockdown, but every Brightonian has been down to the cafe in the hope of sort of bumping into you. Were there a few puzzled looks or surprise looks when people clocked you, if they did clock you? Yeah, no, there was a, a lot of people did a double take. Were, the, the most uh, popular comment was, oh, has it come to this? <laughs> to, to which I reply, yeah, apparently so. No, no, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, half half the fun of going there was there's people's reactions to seeing me. Obviously, the regulars got used to me after a while, but yeah, there was some excellent. I mean, my favourite comment was a guy came in and said, and he looked at me and he went, you really, has anyone ever told you you really look like Fatboy Slim? And I went, yeah. And I said, there's a reason for that. He went, ah, oh, I get it. Fatboy Slim only employs people who look like him. Never quite worked out what that one was about. But no, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was lovely. And yeah, I mean, it, it was such a strange time and it sort of took the edge off it to be able to, to, yeah, I did, in, I did enjoy the kind of surrealism of people not expecting to, me to be bringing them their coffee. Now, going back to your music career, you have touched on how Brighton and Hove played a role in the early days. But do you have fond memories of, of those days performing and recording music here? Yeah. Well, I mean, I've, I've lived here ever. I've lived here since 1982. So all my memories are based around Brighton. All my everything I've done um, since since I left the house, Martins, in 1988, everything that I've recorded, I've recorded here in Brighton in my house. Um, or in a studio in Dyke Road. So, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's it, Brighton's been completely part of my musical career. 
you know, and then Skint Records was our record label. So we never had, even had to go up to London for, you know, for to do it. So very proud of the, the, uh, the scene and very uh, inspired over the years about what's gone on here. And because uh, obviously there's quite a kind of, mu- especially DJs and dance music community based around Skint Records. There was such a, a, a vibe down here. There was a very, um, it was a very vibrant place to be making music. Close, close enough to London that we're still feeling, we don't feel like we're out on a limb, but, but you know, far enough away from London, we didn't have to live there. In, in those early days, did you ever have a I've made it moment? Oh, many, many. I, every time I thought I'd made it, I didn't realise that I might make, make it a bit more. No, I mean, I, 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 to be honest, my first, obviously your first proper I've made it moment is with the first time you're on top of the pots. You might not understand the, the 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 relevance of that if you've grown up watching this TV show and watching all your favourite pop stars. When you're on it, yes, yeah, so you think I've arrived. But then there's other ones like being hearing your hearing your music on the jukebox in the Queen Vic. That's always a thing. But to be honest, I think my the first time I really thought I'd made it was I got when I got my name on a bus in Brighton when they first had the the, the Walk of Fame. They put all our names on the front of buses, and I, I just, I literally used to wander around trying to see the bus with my name on, and go, oh. But then, and then, I, but I thought that was it. You know, I thought that was as far as it went. To be honest, probably the last time I really thought, uh, I really sort of stepped back and thought, oh my god, this really is it, was probably the the second Big Beach Boutique, just to see all those people and in your hometown and half of people who weren't in your hometown all out there celebrating yeah that was that was quite a powerful one i was going to ask a bit of a cliche question but do you have a career highlight but i'm guessing that potentially may be it i think yeah i think that probably was yeah there's been so many highlights i've probably i mean the 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 big beach 20 years ago wasn't exactly a stroll in the park for me because it was quite a difficult day we were really worried about safety and I spent so we spent so much time I spent more than more of the day talking to the police and the safety officers than I did to the you know thinking about the gig so it probably mightn't that was it was uh it wasn't that kind of oh my god I think when it when it was over and when we pulled it off and 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 and, and it gone safely then that was when we could look back on it and think yes but no i mean i don't know it's it's a continuing process like i said every time i i think i've been to the mountaintop uh they pre- present another one yeah i mean th- things like you know uh doing the olympic closing ceremony was you know i didn't realize that was on my bucket list until i was offered it what are your thoughts on modern types of music the dance grime modern pop that kind of stuff I don't. I mean, I've kind of got to that age where really where I only really follow that side of it through my children because obviously I I don't go out that much in the last couple of years. No, no one's really been out, so um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, the other night I went to see Ardy in uh, at, at the Concord, and that really felt. You know, I was like, "What are you doing here?" I'm like, "Well, it's kind of new generation local lad doing very very well, and he's brilliant." So yeah, I mean, I kind of vaguely follow it, but uh, it's it's uh, I've, I'm at that age where I mean, I, I I have to keep up with like house music because that's what I do, and as a DJ, I I spend half my week going through all the new releases, and 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 I'm so immersed in that I haven't really got time to check out the grime scene. But very very proud of Ardy. In a recent interview with the Argus, Ardy said he'd love to collaborate with you. And I was going to mention that I, we saw that you were at the Concord gig. Would that collab ever be a possibility between the two of you? Anything is possible, yeah. I mean, he, uh, we, yeah, 
yeah, we've, we've been in touch and we've got a lot of mutual friends and yeah, no, we've been chatting and who knows it wouldn't be the, the stupidest idea in the whole world. And if you think, if you think what happened, I mean, the last time there was something like that, it was Rizzle Kicks and I ended up, I ended up working with them. So who knows? Brighton and Sussex as a whole has produced its fair share of musical talent. Are there any Brighton, Sussex-based musicians, DJs now that you have picked up on who you think have real potential? I don't really get, again, I don't really go, I mean, when I'm not working, I don't go out that much. So I don't really get to see, I love, I love Lizzie Curious and no, I don't really get to see him. I don't get to see him. I suppose I should plug my son, I suppose, (laughs) as a coming up and coming Brighton DJ. (laughs) I was was going to mention that both Woody and Nelly as well have sort of taken to music. Is that something that you've encouraged or is that, did that just happen naturally? Not really. No, I've never really pushed them, but then obviously they've grown up completely surrounded by it. So I suppose it's kind of, it's in their DNA and it's been nurtured as well as natured for them. So I suppose for them, it's just the obvious path in life. Uh, that, 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 but no, I've never gone. Well, I don't know. I say I haven't gone out of my way to encourage them, but I suppose putting Nelly on that stream during lockdown could be seen as you know but we didn't realize how much it was going to blow up we were just it was just a we were bored and it was something fun to do and it was for camp festival and so I yeah I mean I guess what I'm saying is that me and Zoe aren't pushy parents who want our have, have, you know have thought is our we thought it was our kids destiny to be like librarians because normally you rebel against your parents and having a couple of old lushes like us as parents you thought that they'd uh, be very you know like they'd be like Safi in um absolutely fabulous just going oh christ but um no so we haven't we haven't really sort of pushed them but obviously we've we've encouraged them by them seeing our lives being full of music and the the love of music and and how that can be a good career obviously you're known for a specific type of music but i was just wondering do you what do you listen to in your spare time do you settle down for the evening with a bit of blues and jazz or is it all sort of house music blues blues yes jazz no uh no i the sort of house music and electronic music is kind of my job and so in a way I don't enjoy it like I used to because it's like if I hear a really good tune I'm just like why didn't I think of that or how do I incorporate that into my set or you know so it's it's I kind of listen to it professionally so for for my own pure enjoyment of music I listen to stuff that sounds nothing like what I do for for a living which is really scratchy old black records reggae records soul records funk records a lot of blues really old pre-war blues and yeah anything that or and also but i love the beatles really really love the beatles and my guilty pleasure is the carpenters you've been asked this a hundred times i've heard you say before that the fat boy slim name doesn't really mean anything is that right and did you just pick it because you just needed a stage name yeah well i needed another stage name at that point i was pizza man the Mighty Dubcats and a member of Freak Power. Uh, so it was just another pseudonym and it just, it sounded funny and cool. I mean, it's, it sort of sums me up. It's like a, it's a stupid oxymoron. I was going to ask, you've mentioned quite a few aliases there. Do you have a favourite from throughout the years? I think Fatboy Slim is my favourite. Yeah, that would make sense, I suppose. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the most me, it's not, I think the reason it's sort of so enduring is because it's not me trying to pretend to be other anything else. Like the Mighty Dubcats, we were sort of hinting that I was, uh, you know, a kind of Hispanic American artist, you know, it was, it was all kind of trying to do the intrigue. Whereas Fatboy Slim is just a kind of cartoon character version of my 
normal personality. So it's quite easy to slip into character. And and it's and it's just yeah, it's just like a kind of exaggerated version of me. So that's the one I'm most comfortable with. And for that reason, I suppose that's the reason I stayed Fat Boy Slim a lot longer than it's lasted longer than the other aliases. Albion fans would be annoyed if I was speaking to you and didn't ask about the club. Do you still get to many games? Yeah, I go to every home game where when I'm in Brighton, which probably translates over the seasons about maybe a third of them. On a good season, I get to see half the home games. But yeah, no, I mean, whenever I'm I'm in town, I'll, I'll, I go and see him and enjoying it immensely. After all the years at the Goldstone and the Withdean to see us in, you know, holding our own in the Premiership at a beautiful stadium like the Amex is just a, a fairy tale for me and continues to be so. Even when we potentially might have a run of bad results like we are at the moment, it's still so much better than, than you know, what I've experienced for the last 20 years. So, um, yeah, no, so well done to the team. Well done, Graham Potter. I think what he's doing is, is just fabulous. And uh, once again, thank, thanks to Tony Bloom for all that he does for the club. Well, you've been a big part of the, the club for a long time, but you grew up pretty close to Selhurst Park. Do you ever get weird looks if you go back there? You know what? I played a gig in Croydon uh, last month and it was my first time that I'd been back to Croydon, which was my old stomping ground where I grew up. And there were, and somebody just said, I wonder if all the Palace fans are going to give you a really bad reception. <laughs> because obviously um, I've been quite vocal in my, my love of the Albion and, and henceforth my, uh, my loathing of the, of, the, of the Croydon lot. Um, so no, no, but that, no, nothing was said. I mean, it, All's fair in love and music, and uh, and I wish the the Croydon fans very well. Um, I have to ask about Derry Girls as well. I don't know how much you're allowed to say, but can we expect to see you in season three? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, I'm. You're right. I'm not allowed to say a huge amount because I don't give anything away. But yes, you could possibly see me in season three. Leave that one there. Um, well, no, you you can say that. You can say that, but that's all I can say. You recently tweeted that you were looking to track down your iconic Hawaiian shirt from... Yes. I'm just wondering whether you've you had any luck with that or... No, I've had tons of leads. In fact, just this morning, someone, my son pointed out that it might be in the Brighton Museum, uh, but we've just got in touch with them and it's a different shirt. No, the thing is, I've, I've never been that precious about my shirts. And so I've always give, like, given away to fans or given away as, as, as raffle prizes for charity or something. So... Over the years, I lost it. And because we're doing an exhibition to celebrate 20 years of, of the Big Beach Boutique, I've just want, wanted to borrow it back to put it in the exhibition. But I've, do, I've done a big shout out on all social media and no one seems to know where it is. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm probably just giving it away to someone over the years and they've forgotten. Or, But yeah, so if you do know anybody who, who has the, the kind of blue and purple um, shirt that I wore at the Big, big Beach too, please get in touch. I hope you do find it because it'll be an iconic moment if you if you do. It might be, yeah. It's just nice. It's just nice. It's just a nice piece of piece of history. And I just I like to qualify that I I only want to borrow it back for the exhibition. I'm not asking for it back. You can have it, but I just want to borrow it. In May last year, you performed one of the first UK events with crowds post COVID. I was just wondering what was that experience like and how did that come about? I was just invited. Uh, it was the like a government test scheme. And I was just lucky enough to be invited. It was fabulous. It was really, it was kind of like the atmosphere there was so weird because none of us had been out. None of us had been in, in public without a mask on, let alone 5,000 people all 
exchanging bodily fluids. So it was really, really exciting. It was it was quite weird because you didn't really know how to play it. You know, do you play when you haven't played for a year and a half? It's like, do you play all new tunes or you just pick up where you left off? Uh, so, um, but all the, and all the DJs, we were just, we were just really scared. We were just like, what if I can't do it? And it's like, what you do as a DJ, it revolves around your relationship with the crowd. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's about entertaining the crowd and having a party with them. And it's a, it's a two way thing. So when you haven't done it for 18 months, I was thinking, oh, well, might be a bit rusty. Should I like rehearse? So I went to rehearse and like, there's just me with two CDJs. I'm like, well, I kind of need an audience. It's like what I do isn't just the technical side of it. I can probably remember how to do that. So it was all about the relationship with the audience. And we were just like, you know, what, what will it be like coming back? Luckily, it took about 10 seconds to go, oh, yeah, I remember how this works. So, yeah, no, I'm, it, yeah, it was a it was very, very exciting thing to do, having, having not done it for 18 months. And, um, again, I was honoured to be invited to be at the it be a government I, I think i tweeted at the time like the best government pilot scheme i've ever been involved in now for the final part of each episode we always ask guests their favorite things places shops etc in sussex in a segment called five of the best so is it right if i take you through those questions yes if you were going for a coffee and a cake with a friend from out of town where would you take them in sussex well i would probably take them to the big beach cafe is that is that corny it's not being self-promotion i'm just being honest because I do, I do a lot of my, I do a lot of my business meetings. If there's someone I'm meeting and I don't want them to come to my house, I'll meet them at the cafe. So, yeah, not blowing my own trumpet, but I would go to the Big Beach Cafe. What's the best shop in Sussex, in your opinion? The best shop in Sussex. Uh, my, I think my favourite is Canham's, but just because I do like my cooking and I do love the meat and I love, I love the family that run Canham's. And they always make me, they always educate me about parts of animals and also make me laugh. So, yeah, Canham's in Hove. Great. For a concert, comedy or theatre, have you got a favourite venue around? And you're allowed to say Brighton Beach, if you like. <laughs> what, for me to play in? or Well, we ask everyone this, whether they're musicians or not. So for you, it's slightly different, I suppose. But maybe one that you like to perform in, one that or have been to before. I don't know. It was, it was lovely going back to Concord too the other night because obviously we used to do the big beach boutique, big, big big beat boutique there and that always feels like my kind of clubhouse second home kind of so many memories of, of what went on in there so yeah probably concord too if you're looking to escape the city what's your favorite outdoors place to visit forest row uh which is up in the in the ashtown forest in the hundred acre wood that's where i hang out when i want to get away from the city and lastly, whether it's for a drink or a sit-down meal, have you got a favourite pub, bar, restaurant in Sussex? Uh, my current favourite is Burnt Orange. Fabulous food, fabulous atmosphere. Uh, yeah, Burnt Orange. Am I allowed to have a bonus one? If you oh, say, absolutely, yeah. If you ask me, is there a show going on in the city that you would really recommend? <laughs> is there a show in the city that you'd really recommend? Funny you should ask that, because last night I went to see Stomp at the Old Market. And you're probably too young to remember that Stomp started in Brighton. And it's come back to Brighton and, and yeah, to see it in a lovely little theatre like the Old Market. I was re- absolutely blown away, almost moved to tears last night. And it's on for five weeks. So, yeah, I thoroughly recommend everyone to go and see Stomp at the Old Market. And just very lastly, by the sound of it, you've got a lot of shows obviously coming up and, and then the two on Brighton Beach. But what can 
people expect from yourself in the near future and beyond? Near future and beyond, uh, Glastonbury, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm around at a lot of the festivals in the summer, Creamfields, um, but, uh, Camp Festival, North, just more of the same, really. Uh, if you really want to get involved in, in the Fat Boy experience we're doing in November, we're, I'm taking over Butlins in Minehead and doing a, a Fat Boy weekender, uh, which is um, which we're very very excited about. That's a, that's a kind of a new that's a new one on my bucket list that I didn't really know that I was going to ever curate a, a week weekend festival a, a off season holiday camp. But um, yeah, so Butlins and then. Only I'm, I'm supposed to be plugging. I've got a, a track out, a tune, new tune out with Carl Cox next Friday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, Carl's an old Brighton boy. Um, yeah, no, I've, I've I've DJed with him many, many times. We've DJed back to get back together. We've done tunes together before. Um, yeah, no, it's no big surprise us us working together. Fantastic. Well, that's everything. But thank you so much for for coming on the podcast. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you. No problem. No problem. Nice to talk to you. And good luck, uh, good luck on Brighton Beach as well. Yeah, yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed we don't cause any mess. For those lucky enough to have got tickets to see Norman perform on Brighton Beach in July, enjoy it. Be sure to keep an eye out for our next episode. But until then, if you know somebody from Sussex who you think has an interesting story to tell, then let us know. You can tweet us your guest suggestions at Brighton Argus on Twitter or directly to me at Chris underscore Fuller 11 and use the hashtag the Argus podcast. And make sure to stay up to date with all the latest news from around Sussex on our website, theargus.co.uk. Until next time.